Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what up, what up, what up? It is draft week. It is draft day. We got a lot going on here on the Triple Threat Podcast. I have DJ Shockley. I got my man Scotty D along with you. We got a great, I mean, fabulous mm. show for you today. We got a lot going on, man. We're going to talk NFL draft, of course, which is happening tonight. NFL draft is going down, and we're going to, me and Scotty D, we're going to give our top 10 right here. We're going to move a mock draft of the top 10 and see how closely we can get it to the top 10 tonight. And then we're also going to talk to my man, Steve Weiss today. Steve yeah. Weiss used to work for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now works for the NFL Network. He's a host, an analyst, he's a writer. He does a little bit of everything form has a podcast entitled hustling flow huddling flow excuse me with jim trotter mm-hmm. and he's gonna join us he's gonna break down a bunch of scenarios for the falcons for the 49ers we're gonna ask him about a couple different teams players so uh stay tuned for that man he's gonna give us some really good insight he has uh covered a lot of these teams for a long time scotty d hey what it do what it do what it do what's going on people man i'm excited about today i'm excited about our guest i love steve weiss i've been been uh, reading his stuff for many, many years and now watching him on the NFL Network. And now he's going to tell us a little bit about what you two have got going on uh, coming up soon. No doubt. No doubt. Me and Steve are going to absolutely be working together in the fall. So uh, excited to have him on and we'll have him on a little bit, man. We're going to keep it short and sweet today. Obviously, the draft is coming. That's really all the news. That's everything we're going to talk about. Uh, but first off, man, Scotty D, what are your first uh, impressions about tonight, the draft, when you think about it, you know, not just about the picks and the players, but when you think about the draft is here, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what the Falcons are going to do. Of course, you know, I, I, <laughs> I want them to trade and accumulate good picks, but the, the key word there is good, good picks. They got to get their value. Right? right. And if they see that they're not going to get that value, then they got to, uh, you know they're going to have to take take a take the best available and uh, and I think they can get a I think they can get a, a, an impact player at four for sure. I mean, yeah. God, if, if okay. you can't, are, if you can't, geez. What what side of the fence are you on? Are you on the side of the fence of if Cal Pitts is there, he is a elite player. Do you take them, or if you have the option to accumulate more picks, which one do you covet more? You want more picks, or you want the player? Well, I want more picks, but they, but you know, there, there's like an, <laughs> but there's, you know, there's a, there's an equation. There's an equation of what the number four pick is worth. And if they can't get the right worth for that, if somebody else is trying to get the leg up on them as far as leverage goes, right. then no, they take pits. But you know what? I'll, I'll let you know when I pick for the Falcons in a couple minutes. Okay. Okay. I like to, I like to sound a little tease, keep you, uh, intrigued there for a little bit man obviously a lot of good things happening a lot of great things going on for the draft today man uh i had a chance to go to uh my first braves game this past week uh on monday actually uh they were playing the chicago cubs uh me and my little guy went and um my neighbor john uh we, we, we went to the game and had a great time sat right behind home plate uh, was pretty cool uh, to see how fast these dudes are throwing it the ball has moving and it was a good day, man. They had a lot of dingers. A lot of yeah. them went out to park uh, to watch Ronald Cunha run. I mean, mm. it's it's pretty cool to watch. 
you've had a chance to go to some Braves game too. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time that I actually probably been around that many people, but I thought the Braves did a, a really good job of kind of keeping people kind of separated mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, obviously, if you were a group, you were together, but for the most part, I thought the social distancing part of it was cool. People yeah. in there, everybody working had on masks. I mean, I, I really was appreciative of them taking those, you know, those next steps to make sure everybody's safe. What were Agreed. your kind of uh, impressions when you went to the Braves game? Because you've been a couple of times, right? Yeah, I went to two games last week, uh, back-to-back days. So I went to a, a, a night game and then a day game right afterwards. And, um, yeah, I, I, that was my impression was that, um, that, that you know, my, my – we – we got told to put our mask or my wife did. She got, she got scolded for taking a sip of her beer in the, in the, in the walkway, but uh, they they were keeping people masked up, you know, when you're walking around, but if you were sitting in your seat, you were allowed to, you know, take your mask off. They had everybody spaced out. Um, Now I was there right before they went to 50% capacity. So it probably looked a little different with, with you, but I thought hats off to the Braves and and frankly, hats off to the, the people that were, uh, that were there watching the game because I think that everybody was pretty respectful of each other. That's just my opinion. Yeah, man, they got to win that night. So uh, the night I was there, I was, you know, happy to be there. Like you mentioned, they're taking all the right steps, man. So hopefully moving in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, by the time the fall gets around. I know that's what everybody wants is, hey, we want to have full stands. want to have everybody there when you yeah. got football season crank around. So looking forward to that. Uh, other news around National Football League, Antonio Brown returns to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. Tampa gets it done. Bruce Arians, man, I mean, this dude said they were bringing everybody back, and guess what? They just about brought everybody back. Antonio Brown, uh, his deal could be worked up to $6.25 million. He's got a guaranteed $3.1, and he's got the $2 million in signing bonus. Uh, so I think this is, is really cool, man. I think it's good to have Antonio Brown back. He's going to have a full year. Uh, with his man Tom Brady, does this continue to build the momentum for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they could do what's called running back again? Well, uh, it's pretty amazing. Every time somebody signs, I'm like, well, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see, I didn't see Legarrette uh, Blunt, um, uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, re- wait, yeah, not Legarrette. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Blunt. Yeah, you're Leonard right. Fournette. I didn't see him resign. You just remember two big backs. That's what you were thinking two about. Two big, yeah. big dudes. <laughs> um, I didn't remember. I didn't see, um, you know, Sue. I didn't see any of these guys signing. I figured, hey, they used this to go get a, a two- or three-year deal, right? Yeah. yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. It's crazy. You think this is um, – I want a ring. Do you think it's because they like playing for Bruce Arians or they just want to come back and play with Tom Brady? Probably a bit of both. Why, yeah, why can't it be both for sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like you know. I, I always had a great impression of him when he was in Arizona, um, and, and he seems like a terrific coach. You know. Yeah, yeah, and probably, probably gets out of the way when he needs to. No doubt, no doubt. Shout out to Cameron Braid as well, one of the tight ends. He restructured his deal, which clears four point six nine million, so that they could sign Antonio Brown. So that tells you right there, uh, they're going in the right direction. They're trying to get all their guys back. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch this offense again come back this season. Uh, obviously, with a lot of guys coming back and having a big major impact on their season, so it's gonna be fun to watch Tampa Bay, man. Even though we're uh, uh, both Atlanta guys and you know root for our home team, it is going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. 
So we talked about it. Me and Scotty D are going to do our own little mock here, but we're just doing the first 10 picks. I'm going to take the odd number picks. Scotty D is going to take the even number. So he has the critical, the most important number four pick for the Atlanta yeah. Falcons. And anything goes, Scotty D's already talking about trades and all this kind of stuff. So he is one of those GMs. He is Thomas <laughs> Dimitrov. He wants to trade. He wants to move around. <laughs> he is that kind of guy. So uh, oh. we're going to get started with our little mock draft. You guys let us know what you think. And obviously, we're going to hope that it becomes somewhere close to what happens tonight in the 2021 NFL draft. With the first pick, this may be suspenseful. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. DJ Shockley has their first pick, and he predicts the Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence. Oh my gosh, Jacksonville! What obviously, a surprise. What a surprise! Yeah, uh, obviously, Trevor is a guy that uh, has all the measurables, has everything you want. I don't really see a weakness in his game. Goes to an organization that is in dire desire need of a franchise guy. I think he rolls into town and solidifies that position for years mm -hmm. to come. So. Uh, obviously not a big surprise. Everybody has known this pick for since uh, he declared for the NFL draft. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence goes number one. All right. That's uh, I, I, that's who I had pecked for number two, but I guess I got to go to my second choice. <laughs> so I think the Jets will end up with Zach Wilson. That's what all signs point to. Okay. All right. We got one or two out the way. Not really a surprise what everybody would think. Now the now. draft really begins. The draft go. begins. I get the chance to pick at number three. The San Francisco 49ers with the third overall pick moving up many slots, mm -hmm. giving away many draft picks to take their future and franchise quarterback in Trey Lance from okay. North Dakota State. Still got Jimmy G on the roster. They still talk about how excited they are to have him still there. You give Jimmy G another year, you'll allow a guy who I think a lot of people think Trey Lance could use a year to develop or understand, you know, what it's like to play on that next level, but an ultra-talented dude who could absolutely be an MVP for a while. And I think the San Francisco 49ers go with Trey Lance. This was tough, man. I, I went back and forth between Trey Lance and Justin Fields for a long time. Yeah. Um, and – I think it could go either way, be honest. I'm really 51, 49, yeah. like Trey Lance, Justin Fields. But uh, I just think they go with Trey Lance. That's the guy they really want. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, so we're going to pause it here. Coming into last football season, Justin Fields was the consensus number two pick of this draft. No doubt. Consensus. No. Uh, early on. Uh, Zach Wilson started showing out and I can see how he, he, he went up. And, and, I, and I remember us talking about Trey Lance probably in September. Mm -hmm. um, his name got brought up and I'm like, Trey who? Mm -hmm. How does Trey Lance's stock go up with one play one game, one game in the fall? How yeah. does his stock go up? And I'm not, I'm not questioning you. I'm just, I'm well, cause we're trying to predict here, but just right. tell me, tell me what is in people's heads right here. How does his stock go up that much? And Justin Fields is is just sliding, man, with, well, after what he I, did at the end of the season. Well, here's the thing. I, I still believe that he is the number two best quarterback, and I believe that he is a guy that uh, will be really good on the next level. Um, I think Trey Lance, for a lot of people, didn't get a chance to see his film. A lot of people uh, may didn't know about him. Uh, they may just heard the name. But then when they went back and watched him in a full season, mm -hmm. you can see – the talent. You can see what this guy can do with his legs, with his arm, 
And then you got to know Trey Lance. So I think that kind of changed the mindset of a lot of people once they really dug into the, the, the player. Now, Justin Fields is a guy that I'm not sure why he's sliding. I don't know why he's sliding. But like I said, for me, it's really hairs for Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I, I Like, I wouldn't be mad if the San Francisco 49ers drafted Justin Fields. I would say that is an awesome fit. I just feel as though one of those two guys are going to go. And if I had to mm-hmm. pick one, I just said Trey Lance. But to be honest, it is a very, very close race between those guys and the fit for San Francisco. Right. Now, Steve Weiss is coming up. He's going to have a very interesting take on this third pick and why he believes it's one player or another. So you got to tune in for that. Well, all we've been hearing for weeks is it's Mac Jones. Yeah. That's what everybody's been saying. I just don't, I don't understand that. All right, Scotty D, you got the big one here, buddy. All right. What you going to do? You just let Justin Fields fall into my lap. And as much as I covet Justin Fields, I don't think the Falcons are going to take him. I think that they're not going to get the trade offer that they that they think is good enough for the number four pick. And as much as I love the Gators, I don't like this pick just because of that's just not my it's just not where I would go. But I'm going with Kyle Pitts. Okay. And I do like the pick. I love Kyle Pitts, but I just I, that's not where I want the Falcons to go. But that's all right. I just thought you I, I thought you were going to jump out of there. You made it seem like you was going to get up out of there, but you held true. You stuck to your guns. We're doing predictions, not what we want. <laughs> so that ain't what you really want. No, you, I want so Justin. You, you, <laughs> you said that like a little kid. No, yeah. I want Justin. Yeah. No. All right, man. All right. You got Justin. You got uh, Kyle, Kyle Pitts going four. All right. At five, a lot of speculation here. Do the Bengals take a receiver for their number one guy in Joe Burrow and go get his former LSU mate who they – Ripped it up in 2019 at Jamar Chase. But I say they go with Penny Sewell. They better. They that offensive line. They go from the ground up. They build in the trenches. And you keep your quarterback, your franchise guy upright. His first year, you get him and he tears his ACL mm-hmm. because you can't protect him. He was one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league last year. So you go get somebody to protect him. And there will be plenty of pass catchers, plenty of weapons that you can get for Joe Burrow. I think they go with Penny Sewell here. Protect all those CLs, right? No doubt. All yeah, they, they better take him. And, um, oops, sorry. And Tua thanks you for leaving him with Jamar Chase at number six. Ooh, you like Jamar Chase there, huh? Okay. Tua thanks okay. you very much. No doubt, too. I mean, Jamar Chase is an excellent receiver and easily, I believe, the number one receiver, not pass catcher like we all talk about. We know mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is in that uh, that category as well. But I like I like Jamar Chase there. I think that's as far as he can go uh, any further. Uh, he gets taken off the board. And right. in Detroit, I'm going with 166 pounds. Whoa! Devontae Smith goes mm-hmm. to the Detroit Lions. They find another weapon for Jared Goff to help him become successful. They wanted, they went out and traded for him. So guess what? They need to have dudes around him, and they go get the speedster, the Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith at number seven. All right. All right. All right. That here we is, go, number eight. Uh, man, I'm not having to change any of my picks. I did all my top ten picks, and I'm not having to change any of them. Okay, okay. We're going to go – this is – this is. you ever seen a pass-catching run like this? Because – at number eight, I'm going with Jalen Waddle. Ooh, back-to-back receivers coming off the board, huh? 
Four pass catchers. No, you're right. Penny Sewell was in there. Three receivers in a row. Yeah. Okay. So you got Jalen Waddle jumping off there earlier. Yeah, he's one of those guys you thought obviously would go in the top fifteen. Got yeah, speed going in, going into the season, he was the number one uh, receiver at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, number nine, we have the Denver Broncos at a critical spot here at number nine. There's a lot can happen right here. Is this a spot for Justin Fields? Is this a guy uh, that hey, they feel like they just failed to him here, and with the ninth pick. That's where I'm going. Justin Fields goes to the Denver Broncos. And now you have two young, two young quarterbacks in Drew Locke and Justin Fields battle it out. But this is a spot I think that Denver and John Elway will be really excited that this caliber of player fell to him at number nine. And that's where I think Justin Fields goes. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally, again, I would love him in a Falcons uniform, but he ain't going he, – he's not going between the Falcons and them. Everybody else got a quarterback, you know. So, uh, at number 10, with the news – well, first of all, there was the horrible defense played in Dallas last year. But with the news of Sean Lee retiring yesterday, I think, maybe two days ago, I'm going with uh, linebacker out of Penn State, Micah Parsons. Like or that. Parson. Like that. As, uh, as, the, as the pick for – at number 10 for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the, that's what I either had Michael Parsons or Jeremiah Woods who called off from Notre Dame. So uh, definitely uh, good correlation there with the linebackers, both being gone, uh, Sean Lee both uh, being out. So that's an excellent spot, and that dude is a beast. Mm-hmm. That dude is a beast. I'm surprised uh, that that dude, if it wasn't so offense-laden, especially mm-hmm. early in this draft, quarterbacks and all that, um, Michael Parsons is your guy. And – the more I look into this draft, we just did a top 10. Uh, we just did our own mock. I think is pretty good. I think a lot of things could happen uh, in this position. And the one thing that we did not bring up was our guy, Mac Jones, has not been traded or not been drafted yet. And you think about 11 with the Giants. You got the Eagles at 12. Mm-hmm. They don't. You got, they don't need a quarterback. You got uh, the – I was going to say San Diego. Right. <laughs> Got the, the Chargers. Chargers there at 13, and you got Minnesota at 14, and oh, at 15 is what the you got New there. England Patriots. Yeah. And I think with all those teams not needing a quarterback, mm-hmm. Mac Jones falls to him. Yeah. And he becomes the next guy in line. And that is an interesting dynamic. You got Alabama guy and Mac Jones, and you got Cam, and there's an Auburn guy. I think this is an ideal situation for Bill Belichick if this happens. And they if they jump in front and they get that. You know, I think if I think if they do like Mac Jones, that's a great scenario for them. Yeah. But what gets what gets squirrely if they really want them Justin some Justin Fields? Yeah. Where where and do other, they go there? Six, seven. And here's the other thing: you got Washington down there at 19, who absolutely needs a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have to be careful. I mean, the New England Patriots that the Washington football team doesn't jump them to go get themselves a quarterback. So mm. uh, that's something to, to look out for too as well. I mean, but you're right. At 15, the Patriots can absolutely try to climb up there before the Broncos yeah. and get that, get their Justin Fields. Now it'd be a lot to have to give up, but you know, Hey, maybe they climb up to that eighth spot where Carolina is. Who, mm-hmm. Are they happy with Sam Darnold? Yeah. They've know? been talking about that trade that there's some rumors going on with that, that specific trade. So that's an interesting enough story in his own right. All right, man, we've done our mock drafts. We've talked about the draft. 
it is finally draft time, and we're going to talk to a guy who knows so much about the draft and our man Steve Weiss coming up next from the NFL Network here on the Triple Threat Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. I told you we had a special guest, and special is should be his middle name because he is special, does a lot of great things. Uh, you've probably seen him all over, everywhere. If you haven't, come from under your rock. My man Steve Weiss is joining us, worked for Atlanta Journal-Constitution, covered the Falcons, covered the dogs way back in the day for sure, now works for NFL Network, uh, host, analyst, writer. I mean, anything that can uh, get a check, my man Weiss is killing them with it. Uh, but also now it's taking a new role with the Atlanta Falcons for sure. Weiss, what up, brother? Shock, my man. Scott, thanks, thanks for having me on here. Shock, I'm so excited about this, man, because, you know, we, we go back, right? No and doubt. We've always had no such a great relationship. And I'm just excited, you know, this team with the Falcons, we're going to do, be doing some preseason games together, too. So yeah. I'm just excited to learn from you and, like, work with, you know, Coy and everybody else who's part of that program and, and just really bring the fans, you know, some really interesting kind of bigger perspective that I can bring from covering all 32 teams, you know, and then you guys sharing some of the, the real inside stuff. So this is, this is going to be a real, real interesting off season, but more than anything, we getting fans back in these stadiums no and, and, no and just going through the whole real yeah. energy is, is really going to, is going to make this a special season. Coming so up. for everybody listening, man, it's a, uh, it's a huge honor to have my man, Steve on. Obviously if you haven't seen him. I'm sure you have, but he's all over the place. He's actually in Canton, Ohio right now. Uh, he's got everything with the draft coverage going. Uh, he's going to be deep in it for the next, you know, four or five days and probably in, and on for a while. So him to come on and spend a little time with us, it's huge. Uh, before we jump into any of the Falcon stuff, you just mentioned uh, about working with the Falcons, but let's kind of talk uh, big picture for you, man. Obviously, the draft is here. Uh, I know you've talked about it from inside out, from every position, from every team. Uh, just from a, a general perspective from this entire draft, what do you think is going to happen throughout the entire first round? Like, do you think this is going to be where there's major trades, big intrigue, or surprises? Or you think those first three or four picks are going to go kind of true to bit? Ooh, well, I mean, three, you know, you know, we, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville and Zach Wilson is going to the Jets. Three is interesting because, I mean, immediately, once the Niners made the trade, to move up to three, everyone started, you know, we assumed it was someone else. And you started hearing Mac Jones out of the gate. I'm like, man, that's awfully quick. You know, we're six right. or seven weeks out for them to say Mac Jones. Cause nobody was talking about Mac Jones as a top five pick until this trade. Right. Right. And then once that started, it's like, wow. And I mean, look, I'm still speaking to, to GMs, people in the game who today, they don't know what the Niners are going to do, but they can't fathom the fact that they gave up the freight that they gave up. Remember two future first rounders and they swapped with initially Philly, to get there, right. to get ahead of Atlanta to take Mac Jones. The Falcons are not going to take Mac Jones at four. No. So unless they felt some other team was going to move up to four with Atlanta to take Mac Jones, that's an aggressive right. push. Right. But Trey Lance and Justin Fields are players that the Falcons could take at four. Mm-hmm. So that's why some people – and the more people I you know, speak to think it's, it's Trey Lance um, as opposed to Justin Fields, who could be the other option – at yeah. three, but then you speak to a lot of people who continue to say at four. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement in the top 10. Yeah. Maybe somebody comes up to the Falcons 
at four, but I think that's going to be a trade day option because if Mac, if it is Mac Jones at three, and people think the Falcons may take Lance at four, then maybe a team comes up, but I don't know from how far um, comes up. You know, and Atlanta's not going to trade him to Carolina. They're not going to make that move in, interdivisional. Right. So, other than that, there's going to be a trades probably outside the top ten in the mm-hmm. first round. Yeah. Um, the wide receiver runs are going to be interesting. Yeah. We always say there's not that many great – well, not always, but we, when we tend to say there's not that great of offensive tackles, you know, in, in the draft, which you're saying this year, but then one goes, we see a run of three or four. So I think that's going to be the surprise position pickup um, that we see. And then it'll be interesting if those guys go earlier to how far some of these wide receivers could draft. And also, guys, if Mac Jones is not at three, how far – that's going to be an interesting watch. Watch, let me ask you a question now. Everybody has had their opinions on these quarterbacks and uh, their order of them. I've had my own opinions of them. I've talked about them. I don't know how long for now. Uh, you've had a chance to kind of evaluate all these guys as well. How would you rank these five quarterbacks? Not where they're going to go, but just as football players, as quarterbacks, where do you have them ranking one through five of the big five? It's you know it's not really my thing. I'm not I'm not the Danny Jeremiah's and the Bucky Brooks of the world who scout these guys. But you know, in, in talking to people, when it comes to overall scheme adapt you know adaptability, which is huge, right? No Paired with talent and big play potential, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then Mac Jones. Okay, and you know, and some people will say, look, Kellen Mond. You know, from Texas A&M, don't sleep at him. You know, he, he on him. He's one of those guys who can do a lot of the things that Justin Fields does. He's just not nearly as polished, but he does have a significantly high ceiling. So that's kind of where it goes. But scheme fit, man, is, is so, so important. And as you know, some coaches want processors and quick decision makers above the great athlete. And I think okay. that's where Mac Jones really comes into play when it comes to that number three pick. I guess part of the trade question I have for, for the Falcons is, if the Patriots and Panthers are being rumored to be discussing a trade right now, are, are, are the Falcons – and you, you you already said you don't see it happening, but are the Falcons kind of running out of trade partners to have? I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, here's some sleep some sleeper partners. Okay, the Giants at 11, not necessary to come up to get the quarterback, but if they want to right. come up and get Kyle Pitts. I mean, they've mm-hmm. already got Evan Ingram, but you don't really know if Joe Judge – you know, he, he comes from that two-tight-end Patriot system as well. I remember Gronk. Yep. And Aaron Hernandez. So don't sleep on that. Same with Philadelphia at 12, right? They're, they're rumored to be, and I, and I think it's going to happen. They're going to trade Zach Ertz, right? So they've already got Goddard, Dallas Goddard there who they like. But then this is, again, a two tight end friendly type scheme. Maybe they want to come up to four. We know GM Howie Roseman's real twitchy. I mean, he loves mm-hmm. to trade. So maybe he comes to four. The thing is, if the Falcons trade back to 11 or 12, what are they going to get, right? Yeah. Is the right. pass rusher, you know, is Quiddy Pay going to be there? Right. Is, you know, the corner pot, you know, is Patrick Sertan going to be there? You know, is, is that something that they really want to do when they could get a Kyle Pitts or they could get someone like that who could be a long-term game changer as opposed to some people who may have a little bit more scheme fit question marks to what they want to do. So that that's really what they have to evaluate and what they would get back in return because they want future picks. Their cap situations in such a, such a way as if they can get, a future first rounder from Philadelphia, right? And then maybe a couple thirds or something like that down the line, including maybe one this year, then they'll, they'll consider it. But I mean, I think they really have to weigh, you know, passing on someone like Pitts or Lance or someone like that as opposed to moving back. 
Now, Steve, you were a guy who uh, broke this news and talked about it a lot. I've seen you on the Atlanta Falcons.com talking about it on the NFL Network a lot. Obviously, the conversation now is Julio Jones. Yep. His, his opportunity to, be, to possibly uh, be one of those guys who are involved in a trade and how that factors into this draft. Now, for a lot of people, they don't understand the cap. They don't understand yep. all the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Kind of explain to people why that – number of okay june 1st matters the most for if you trade julio jones after a certain time why june 1st matters yeah look let, let's go through this whole scenario because this is real okay i know a lot of people are like oh we hear this every year no this is very real right because one this this administration has no allegiance to anybody on this existing roster dj right. you've seen this you, you've gone through this you know how that goes and so when it comes to julio jones if teams are calling saying what will it take for us to get him in, in a, so now now there's leverage right it right. is the most amount of trade leverage they are going to have because after the season when Julio is 33 you don't know if he's going to you know the durability issues are there right I mean he, he's had some injury injuries the last couple of years he is not going to have the trade value that he could have now the big issue is do they make the trade before the draft or post draft because they are not talking about trading him for anything that would impact the roster this year in terms of player acquisition or draft pick acquisition. This is all for future picks. And the reason why is that's when their cap could be a little bit more stable by trading somebody like Julio. Hence the June 1st date. And this goes back a while. If they were to make a move for Julio, make a trade now and and make it go through now, then his whole cap acceleration, 23, 25 million, 28 million, whatever it is, goes on this year's cap. And the Falcons just don't have the space to do that. Right. Whereas if they do it post June 1st, it's like seven and a half million dollars. And then the dead money cap it gets pushed into some future years. So that makes it far more palatable because the cap's going to go up 10, 12, 13, 15 million next year. So that they, they can be able to, to maneuver some things that way. But all I can say in a nutshell for fans is this is real. (laughs) This is real. There is a, there is a very good chance that Julio Jones might not be on this roster next year. It has nothing to do with the player. It has nothing to do with the production. It has everything to do with the fact that their salary cap now and potentially next year, if they hang on to him is so prohibitive that they won't be able to do anything much like the Oakland Raiders a couple of years ago. When Reggie McKenzie for two years could only sign veteran players to one-year deals for two years in a row <laughs> yeah. while they had to do a market correction. Mm. Well, I appreciate you addressing that because I've been seeing on social media a lot where people are going to swear off the Falcons if they if they let Julio go. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you have to understand. I've been talking about this for months about the cap. you got to understand what, what situation they're in. It's social media, I mean, gee, that's, uh, that's a bastion of positivity, right? I know, I know. <laughs> And I'm I'm as guilty as going down that rabbit hole as anyone. <laughs> but uh, as far as other pass catchers in the in the drafts, uh, Steve, what do you what do you see? It's clear it seems clear that Pitts is is the top person there. But how do you see uh, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and uh, Jalen Waddle shaking out? Or, or is there somebody else I don't know shaking out for a team other than the Falcons? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, they're they're potentially great players. I mean, especially Jamar Chase. You know, he sat out last year. Um, he was he was a COVID opt out, mm-hmm. but the interesting thing is where he's going to go. Will the Bengals take him and pair him with Joe Burrow, or do the smart thing and draft Penny Sewell because they've got to they've got to protect Joe Burrow? It was it was 
it was criminal the way they were allowing him to get hit last year. <laughs> it really, I'm, I'm telling you, someone got to protect the money, man. Got to protect the franchise, bro. Come right. on. I mean, but and but just not get him killed. I mean, yeah. it, but but so if he goes to Miami at six, hey mm. man, mm. <laughs> that's huge because Jamar Chase ain't getting far beyond that. Someone's coming up, or Detroit's taking him at seven. Yeah. Um, or someone's coming up to seven to get him if he slips by there. I mean, some of the other receivers again. You're go. You're talking scheme fit because you talk to some people about Waddle. They're like, "This is a dude who's going to be great." Yeah. Especially with all, all the nickel being played, he's so interchangeable. You know, uh, Devonte. I keep on getting the Adams, the Parkers, and the Smiths. Yeah. Uh, confused, but but he's he's someone who could be super dynamic in a certain system. The size. Guys, I'm not writing that off, man. <laughs> the 166, the 166. I, that's what I said. I mean, he's a dynamic player, but I look at some of these smaller players, and they're elusive and whatnot, but when they do get hit, it's real. I, I mean, look at Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back. For the Chiefs' first game, he looked all world. Then he started getting tagged at his size, and he wasn't quite yeah. the same guy. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. But, I mean, the, the thing is, there's people say there's a drop-off. You know, after those top three or four, well, they said the same thing, and all of a sudden Justin Jefferson comes on board and, and lights it up. Yeah. So there's going to be some other receivers when they get with the right fit and the right quarterback, and they're able to get singled up and things like that, who are who are going to emerge as, as very productive players. So don't write off some of these guys in second, third, and fourth rounds as not being potential impact players. Steve, I know you've gone through this draft and gone through all the different teams and scenarios and what everybody needs. Other than quarterback, what do you think is the richest position? in this draft because obviously everybody loves the quarterbacks you talk about some of the receivers but there's tons of corners out there there's some pass rushers out there I mean there's some offensive linemen what do you think is the richest position in this draft other than quarterback well it's wide receiver I mean when you, when you talk to the people who really know about this I mean like I just said there, there's a ton of them besides the elite guys who could really be immediate contributors and long-term contributors after that and then you look at the other positions and that's where it gets interesting because they're saying not a great draft for safeties Mm. not a great draft for pass rushers and definitely not a great draft for interior defensive linemen. Mm. I buy none of it. I, I buy none. of it, and, and I say that because I look at a team like the Rams. I live in Los Angeles. So I deal a lot with the Rams and, and I see a lot of their games, right? Granted, they've got the best player in the NFL, best player in the NFL and Aaron Donald with all apologies to Patrick Mahomes, the other Aaron Donald is the most impactful player in the NFL because mm -hmm. look at all the guys who eat off of him. Right. And so if you put guys in the right scheme and you put them in the right culture and you put them with maybe another great player or two or good player or two, they can feast. I, I mean, that's why I'm saying when people say that's not a great defensive tackle. Oh well, yeah. What if you pair him? Oh, you know, let's say with another good defensive tackle or with a really, or put him next to Khalil Mack. Think he can't be really good? Mm, oh, yeah, no. that could really happen. So, again, don't – you can't – you know, we, we look at the individual talent, but scheme fit and culture goes a much longer way in determining someone's greatness and, and future prospects than how they actually performed in college. Yeah, I like that because there's there's been many many times where there's guys on the the Seahawks a few years ago, guys on the Chiefs that I that I'm like, where'd this person come from? And it's and and they're being impacted by having dynamic players uh, alongside them, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Seahawks the Seahawks defense was so good several years ago. 
Richard Sherman and, and all those guys in the backfield can look really great when you have all those guys along the front putting pressure on constantly. Um, question about you have any um, thoughts on the, the running backs? Because we've had discussions on here a lot of times about my philosophy is I never sign another second contract with a, with a running back. That, that's, that'd be my philosophy as a general manager. You get them as a rookie, use them up for three years because they're basically commodities now. And I hate to say that about a human being, but they just get so beat up, DJ. You know we've had this talk. And what's your, what's your, what do you think about the running backs that, that can contribute uh, early uh, in this draft? First off, I don't like the one-size-fits-all statement you made. Use them up. You think Derrick Henry's used up? Mm, good point. Yeah, no. I mean, look, there are some guys who deserve the second contracts. Yeah. You know, maybe not as rich as what Todd Gurley got, but there are some guys who, who very much deserve the second contracts. Again, how they're used. Because pe- pe- what people don't understand, yes, and DJ, you see this firsthand. You saw this firsthand. Running backs get hit when they carry the ball, mm-hmm. but the biggest blows they take is when they're in pass protection, mm-hmm. right? When you've got a running back who's got to all of a sudden take on Von Miller, blah, blah, and he's got to do that 15 times a game or even five times a game. If you don't have a running back who's necessarily doing that like a Derrick Henry, then you can extend him. It depends on how he's used in a lot of ways. But there are a lot of very good running backs. Um in this draft, a lot of really good ones going all the way deep. I don't, you may see one, uh, you know, go in the first, the first round, but you're, you're going to see a, a lot of talent. There always are. There are always guys you really didn't know of in the third round, you know, who go out and do it. The two guys from North Carolina are, are exceptional. Yeah. So there are going to be some really good players throughout the, even undrafted guys. Look at my guy mm-hmm. down in Jacksonville last year. He was undrafted. He went and did his mm-hmm. thing. So, I mean, again, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't necessarily exhaust a first-round pick on a certain guy. Yeah. But I'm also not going to say a certain veteran doesn't deserve a second contract because it depends on how they're used. Hey, and nobody will backtrack faster than me, Steve, I promise. So <laughs> Stick to your guns, Scott. I, 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 will, I will say – Stay with your chest, man. I will say I love, I love me some Alvin Kamara, and the, and the Saints are handling him the right way to get longevity out of him to warrant that kind of contract. So I will say that for sure. So, well, you got to think. You got to go back and remember. Before he started to come on like that, he had Mark Ingram, so he had a guy who well, yeah. could take that pressure off him. So it helped him there. There's one guy who I I, I like. I think Najee Harris is a guy who could absolutely jump into that first round. Oh yeah, guy he's going that, that first round. Thinking, you know what I mean? Uh, Steve, let me ask you because you get a chance to talk to a lot of these GMs. You talk to a lot of these scouting personnel, and obviously, a lot of the talk is about Denver. Denver and the Patriots trying to move up, trying to get a quarterback. What is the mindset on Drew Locke? And obviously Cam and his one-year deal doesn't say a lot of confidence for the Patriots. But is it a foreseeable thing that they're not always sold on Drew Locke after just a season of, you know, being the guy? Well, he's had two seasons. um, But – oh, you mean with Cam. I'm sorry. So with Cam, they're just going to get him some competition. I mean, you know, Hoyer, his backup is now with the Jets. So they've, they've got to add a quarterback regardless. So I, I think that's going to be part. I think that's going to be part of what they have to do. But, you know, you can't just say Cam's automatically great. You don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So if they've got an opportunity to get somebody, they, they have to go do that. Okay. And then um, when you, you know, when you look at Denver, that's interesting because you hear they like Justin Fields, but you also hear they don't necessarily want to go young, young, young on their quarterback room. That's a dangerous thing. Right. If a young quarterback has no veteran leader, yeah, right, and, and so 
you know, you, you don't know necessarily what they're going to do. I think they end up doing something, maybe making a move for, for Teddy Bridgewater as opposed to drafting a quarterback um, because Drew Locke really doesn't have significant trade value. They probably have to cut him if they decided not to go the route with Drew Locke. So I think that's more, uh, you know, of an issue issue there. But the Patriots, you have, you have no idea what they're going to do. And depending on who the Niners draft, maybe Jimmy G comes open and goes back to New England. Oof. I mean, yeah. but how crazy would it be to have – Justin Fields and Cam, two Atlanta guys in New England and Boston. I mean, that would be a little different, man. But uh, you think? You think? Hey, hey, guys! I hate to have to do this. This is the the the, the nature of this time of year. You got it. I've gotten hey. a call from the same number three times in a row in the past couple of seconds. It, I've got to get it. Thank you All for right, giving Steve. us your time, Steve. Appreciate you, brother, man. Take care. Appreciate the time, brother. Appreciate you guys. All right, wife, holla, bro. All right now. Man, Scott, that's just how it goes, man. We we talked to him when we came on that he had a limited window. This guy's a busy mm-hmm. man. He's got all his draft stuff coming up, and he mentioned, hey, I got the same number calling me. So, busy man. We absolutely appreciate Steve Weiss joining us here on yes. the Triple Threat Podcast. Yes. A lot of great information, a lot of got things that we could take from it. I know, Scott, if, if you look back on what he talked about, what are one or two things that maybe stuck out to you that you said, oh, man, that's interesting, or you was like, man, I didn't think about that that way. Uh, Well, there's a few, but I will say that the biggest thing to me is I want the Falcons to trade back and he doesn't really, (laughs) he doesn't really see them trading back far enough to find a good partner to trade with basically is what he's saying. You know, he doesn't, he, he thinks they won't want to get outside, you know, the, the top 10 or so. Uh, So that, that, I don't think it's going to happen with like the Patriots or something like that. So I'm a little disappointed, but Hey, I'll buy hey, I'll buy my son a Kyle Pitts jersey tomorrow. You know what I thought was interesting too was he talked about San Francisco moving up to that third spot mm-hmm. and really moving up and not really a lot of people where they were sitting at were talking about Mac Jones as their guy. And the only yeah. reason why you're moving up is because Trey Lance or Justin Fields being a guy that could be coveted by a lot of those teams that yeah. were in that you know, seven, eight, nine, ten range that you can absolutely want to love. So uh, that's an interesting point. So I got a question for you. Do you think the whole Matt, all this Matt Jones momentum to San Francisco, do you think it was smokescreen or do you think maybe, which is kind of what I'm thinking, do you think San Francisco kind of jumped the gun and got themselves into a position where, oh, maybe we should have waited a minute? I don't think they jumped the gun. I think they are really high on – one of these players. And I think it's coming down to the wire because I saw what they mentioned at first, Mac Jones was very high on their board. And then the other two guys, Trey Lance and Justin Fields had second pro days. They had a chance to go see him. They had a chance to go talk to their families Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and things kind of changed a little bit. So I think them moving up was saying, we want to control our own destiny. Right. Just in okay. Case yeah. We really love these guys or one we really love. We don't want to take it for chance at all. Yeah. And they think, and the other part of it is at the time you had to get in front of Atlanta, who had number four, who probably mm. likes Trey Lance or Justin Fields. He also mentioned the Falcons ain't drafting Mac Jones. So why would you want to jump in front of Atlanta for Mac Jones? Right. Falcons don't want Mac Jones. Everybody knows that. They want either Trey Lance 
or Justin Fields if they get that opportunity, right. if it fits it for him. So I thought that was interesting enough in his own right. So it's going to be fun point. to see what happens, man. But uh, we, we appreciate Steve, man. I uh, know he had to be had to jump off from us real quick, but we appreciate him joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show today. Continue to subscribe. Continue to listen. Tell somebody about it. And uh, you guys have fun watching the draft this weekend, and we'll be back next week to break it all down and see what happened. For my man, Scotty D, I'm DJ Shocker. This has been the Triple Threat Podcast. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.